0: Welcome to Red's Ramblings. I have with me today the co-hosts of the Say What Needs Saying podcast, Zach and Brandon. Zach, Brandon, whichever one, whoever you want to go first, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, I can go first. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach. As Jamie said, we are the co-hosts of the Say What Needs Saying podcast. I'm a neuroscience PhD candidate at the University of Michigan. We study a protein in the retina. I guess that's a little off topic for the podcast. Hey, that's, but, that's interesting. But yeah, so that's that's a little about me. I am a little more of the, I guess, conservative leaning half of our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of balance each other out a little bit. So I lean conservative on, on most issues. Lean libertarian or liberal on, on some others. But yeah, that's a little bit about me.
2: And I'm Brandon. Once again, the, uh, the part two of the Say What Needs Saying uh, dynamic duo. Zach was my mentor in college, and I followed in his steps and had a double major in neuroscience and biology. And I'm currently a uh, neurophysiologist, surgical neurophysiologist for the Ohio Health uh, Hospitals here in the middle of Ohio, central Ohio. So that's that's my background. And I'm Eileen, oh. I'm the more moderate. Uh, more liberal aspect of bringing the cultural perspective and more uh, nuances to at least, at least the subcultures of America than we hear that mainstream America are necessarily uh, privy to.
0: And, and like like I'm talking to you guys beforehand, your your podcast you deal for pretty new. Your podcast has mm-hmm. been around for like a a month, maybe two at this point. Yeah, we may be getting close to two. Yeah, but,
1: but yeah, still pretty new.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent podcast. Anybody listening, these guys. It's literally in their title. They say what needs saying. Definitely check them out if you haven't already. I enjoy listening to them. But I invited you guys on, I was speaking with Zach and Brandon knows about too, to talk a more broad term because what what this one's going to be is very, very broad. It's not like on a specific case of anything or incident of anything like typically you guys speak on. Mm -hmm. It's the more broad topic of the spread of information, whether it be truth or non-truth, and how that works here in America, with, where we have freedom of speech, that's not a case in other countries, right? So like I said, before we got started, I really don't even know how to begin talking about this. Because like, I have my views, I, I'm gonna just be honest and, and say, I'm gonna say what needs saying. Exactly. My side of this, and I I think I'll get different opinions from from both of you guys. Is I'm one of those, like, I'm pretty fed up with the blatant bullshit that spread out from, let's be honest, both sides. If we're we're talking politics, both sides spread bullshit. There's no one person, one one side, the holy grail, honest. No, they're both bullshit artists. But I'm talking like even outside of politics, just news in general. You have anybody, it's sensationalism. It's what's going to get the clicks. It's what's going to get the views. doesn't have to be accurate. You know, it can be like a half truth where, you know, that headline's catchy. But once you read into it, like that last paragraph is usually like, oh, this isn't actually what that is. It's actually this. But ha, we got you all the way through this article, though. So we got you. Right. And with even more extreme aspects of it, like we were talking, you know, flat earth people, crazy shit, like the conspiracy theorists, like this year we've had 5G. You know, that yeah. was the thing. We had the Dr. Stella interview with, you know, alien DNA and demon sperm and all this type of stuff. That was a hilarious day right there. There's was week of, of news at that point. But you have these sometimes, like in that case, you have someone who you would imagine is a well-respected, highly educated individual talking some nonsense from our point of view, which I think is the correct point of view who, yeah, her followers might believe it. And I, I'm all cool with, you know, if that's your culture, some people are gonna believe what they wanna believe. You know, like if you go in tribes and whatnot, they're probably gonna believe that too. But if you're like the face of that push for, you know, the um, hydrochloroquine or, or whatever, and you're standing in front of a, a nation talking, at least rein those opinions in. Like keep certain stuff you should keep to yourself. But even with that, you get people that are like, oh yeah, it makes a little bit of sense problem. Not necessarily that one, but other stuff, right? When you think about it, like, oh, okay, I, I can kind of see where they're going at, but it's still wrong. To, to where you get, like how I see it is like the old village idiot, right? Everyone has village idiot stories growing up. Everyone made fun of him. Everyone knew he was called him a village idiot. So he never really amounted to nothing, right? Nowadays with social media and, and the spread of information, that village idiot has a voice. That village idiot spreads his idiotic ideas out to other village idiots, so they collect together, and you got this whole village idiot hive mind all thinking the same thing, and they're loud. They're loud sometimes, and here in America, you can, you can get away with that because freedom of speech, you can say whatever the hell you want, where in other countries, that's sometimes squashed, like, oh, uh, no, no, no. And yeah, you get like in Russia and China, if you step out of line, even if you're being honest, if you're going against, you know, the government, they'll squash you too. And that's bad. That's horrible. No, Nobody wants that either. So it's hard to differentiate sometimes what you should allow, in my opinion, and what you should honestly like not like Facebook and Twitter now doing fact checks and putting up flags, hey, this isn't necessarily accurate or this is completely false, yada, yada. Especially here in the States now, when you have posts like that getting flagged, that usually you have that poster saying, oh, they're trying to hide the truth. They're trying to hold us down, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, no, man, you're just an idiot. So my thing is, I would be completely cool if to an extent there was some sort of, of, honestly, control over that type of dumb shit from getting out and, and, and being spread around as hugely as it is going right now with everything. Every, all of us got smartphones. You can access anything at any time. You know, I, I kind of want to get your guys' opinions on that. Well,
1: so I guess I'll start with the the legal perspective and then jump into, I guess, <laughs> my personal opinion.
0: Yes. that That um, is another thing I love about you guys. Y'all, y'all go with your, y'all say what's legally okay and not okay, but you're like, but I also think this, and that's mm-hmm. something a lot of people don't do.
1: Thanks. So, so there's a big myth, I I guess, I don't know how much of it is a myth, but there's a big myth that there's a difference legally between a platform and a publisher. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. So that came around with the Communications Decency Act. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Section two hundred and thirty was mm-hmm. the part that was put in place specifically for this stuff. Basically, before the internet took off, this had precedent in bookstores. So a bookstore was sued because someone someone found like a an inappropriate book. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was porn or if it was what, but they found yeah. a book and then they sued the bookstore because you know it was you know inappropriate content, whatever. that they shouldn't have had there. The courts ruled that it was impossible for a bookstore to really know every single bit of information that they've got Mm -hmm. in there and unreasonable for them to have to, so that they they weren't responsible for it unless they knew or quote unquote should have known. Sounds Um, fair. Yeah. And so that then got extended over time to social media platforms and Mm -hmm. the, and internet platforms because Same kind of thing, you know, if you have a comment section, it's not feasible for you to really moderate every single comment that comes in. Yep. And so that's why legally speaking, they don't, you don't have to like Facebook, Twitter, you know, all these places, they're not responsible for any of the content that goes up on Mm -hmm. their site. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think people get the misconception. They think that, oh, well, yeah, that only applies to platforms, not to publishers and publishers mm-hmm. are responsible. They're, I don't think that distinction is actually a thing, um, legally mm-hmm. speaking. So I guess the gist of it is they're allowed to do pretty much whatever they want. They're allowed mm-hmm. to block or ban your account for more or less any reason. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know, they have stuff laid out in their terms of services, yeah. but you could more or less any reason they could, they could get yeah. away with. And, and then I mean, there,
0: there have been numerous times where they've made mistakes and owned up to it. Like they banned, right. like I know Twitter's banned multiple people. And then when they got reported, like, hey, why'd you do that? I'm like, oh, you know, our bad, we made a mistake, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Right. So, yeah. So, and then conversely, right, they can not ban someone for pretty much any, any reason mm-hmm. too, right? They don't have to, because they're not held responsible for it. So they don't, they aren't obligated to do it. So mm-hmm. they could let it fly. Mm-hmm. So as far as my personal opinion goes, I think it's more indicative of a failure of the education system than Mm -hmm. anything. So if it were up to me, if I were made president tomorrow, the education system would be the one thing that I just uproot Mm -hmm. completely and start from scratch. Um, And I think that is where I would prefer to see the solution for this come. I would Mm -hmm. rather see a bunch of garbage all over the internet and all over social media and have a smarter populace that knows how to deal with it. Mm. That's a lot to ask right now. Yes. Um, so, so I don't know how I really feel in the meantime. But I do mm. know that you run into issues with, I don't know if I quite, if I believe it as strongly as a lot of the other conservatives all here talk about it. But, you know, the idea that conservatives or Republicans are discriminated against more on social media, mm-hmm. that they're banned for reasons that liberals or Democrats aren't banned mm-hmm. for, that hasn't held up in court. There hasn't really been any evidence mm-hmm. of that happening, at least nothing that's provable.
2: Mm-hmm. But, you
1: know, you inevitably have that risk when when you allow the platforms to do whatever they want, you run mm-hmm. into that risk. I think the the main reason I'm not okay with that risk, usually I'm... It's more free market, right? You don't, you're not forced to use Facebook. So if they're going to ban you and you're upset about it, just don't use it. Yeah, I'm of the belief that our anti-monopoly laws haven't evolved quick enough to deal with big tech. I I'd think agree. that because of that, the influence that they have, any, even the potential for that kind of discrimination or bias, whether or not it's actually happening, I think it's risky to ask them to censor more just because of the massive impacts that they have, both on our society's culture and values, but then also that there really isn't a replacement, right? Like there really isn't competition. You know, people say like, oh, Twitter is competition for Facebook. And then, you know, there's all these other social Mm -hmm. media sites. I was talking to someone the other day about it and I compared it, uh, what industry did I compare it to? I think it was clothing. Um, It was, you know, basically look at a store that only sells shirts and a store that only sells shoes right? Technically mm. they're all in the clothing industry, but they're not competitors. They don't compete yeah. with each other because they're selling different things. Same with all these social media sites. They are all social media. They are all tech, but they mm. don't have the same product, the same service that they're providing. And so there are you know, probably dozens of competitors for Facebook, but when it's such a crucial part of your business plan and of your product to say that you're able to connect with friends and family and all this, Mm. but your friends and family are only on Facebook, then there really isn't an alternative. So Mm. long story short, I think because that they have that pseudo monopoly, Mm. I think that I'm more of the belief that we should not have them censoring. I don't want to, again, I don't want to say anything because it's a slippery slope real quick. (laughs) But, you know, like, I would rather see less censorship than more and Mm -hmm. rather pursue a different solution, like, you know, increasing, Mm I don't know, internet savviness in in our education system or something along those lines.
0: I think that's fair.
2: Brandon? uh, The slippery slope that Zach was uh, trailing off was almost where I would like to begin. So, in regards to the population of America that has smartphones, I'm not sure how much that is, but mm-hmm. everyone has the possibility of becoming viral. Everyone has the possibility of what they want. And with that level of freedom, I'm not going to get mad at the level of citizen accountability. Where I lie, my blame, or at least uh, everybody was looking at one side of the coin to place the blame or to be the catalyst of the of the conflict, mm-hmm. but... I think there's a very strong proponent of media involvement. The, the freedoms of media, I think the issue lies within media and the population. Mm-hmm. So, Twitter, you can roughly say anything you want on Twitter. Yeah. And so, Twitter had to relook at certain posts from even the President of the United States, which certain, his, certain uh, some of his posts were inciting violence, and that did mm-hmm. go against Twitter's rules, but then they, they chose not to do it, chose mm-hmm. not to penalize the President because it's the President. So that there lies um, its own level of bias. I also noted that if you were to try to, I guess, limit the amount of BS, and there's a decent amount across the board and almost in every facet. You've seen it happen within the media when it came to the the murder hornets. It's this ridiculous concept that they try to make stick and make people forget about the pandemic and everything else that was going on, even with the, uh, the cashless society that they were really pushing for a little while. But we'll also get, if we're a little too hasty, or a little too, I guess, impatient, you could have another Patriot Act, where you act hastily and you force mm-hmm. a lot of people to infiltrate, oh, if enforce the government to infiltrate into Americans' homes and their social accounts and gather information and, and guise it as, I'm just trying to stop nonsense. I'm just yeah. trying to stop falseness. Um, we also see that it can go all the way up into like even our um, political systems. Even the Green Party has been known numerous times to manipulate numbers or just to put it out. Or even now, you know, even even religion, there's Postafarianism where why do I even know what that word is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But then we have people who don't say bullshit, but then the, the will and the power of the government can choose or want to choose when someone's telling a truth, whether it be the truth they want to hear or not.
0: Mm-hmm. One example
2: will be Edward Snowden. And we mm-hmm. see that what the government did and how they reacted to his case was illegal. You know, mm. what he said was completely open information to the public and he was, and the, the, the powers that be chose to be the truth or not. You know, there were movies made about him months after his name even hit the New York Times. So there's definitely a relationship with, I think, the companies themselves that allow for these platforms to exist can't necessarily govern that many bodies. There's more responsibility on the media platforms.
0: I, I agree. I agree with both of you guys. In in listening to Zach specifically talk about how our education system needs to be revamped, oh, that is we are hurting so badly right there. And like I knew that even when I was growing up in, in you know high school and all that, but it didn't really hit me. Until internet, right? And you're able to search anything you've ever wanted to look up. And like, hey, you know, let let me check that out. Because I'm one of those, like, if I'm watching a show or watching a movie, anything, and something piques my interest, I'll pause it, look up more of whatever that thing is. And so I've learned a lot just from doing that. And you've come into stuff that you remember back in the day that was taught to you that wasn't right, Mm -hmm. or whole sections of stuff that were totally glossed over. And you're like, why weren't, why didn't they focus on this? This is, this is whether it be some horrible shit that we should have been taught or some just super cool shit that I would have loved to known when I was 13 or 14, you know? So I, I would, I would say that while I agree with that, I think it's the old man in me. Cause I legitimately, I've said this for a few years. I've pictured myself all like probably when I was 25, I've, pictured myself as that old man on the porch yelling at the kids to get off his lawn forever right um so i'm kind of like Fuck it nip it in the bud you're stupid you don't deserve a voice get out you know what i'm saying i don't give a shit or lizard people all right that's cool kid run along you know what i'm saying um i'm kind of at that right now sometimes but i know that's not a very popular opinion that's pretty extreme too But I agree with the whole education system revamping. But I want to ask you, again, both of you guys as well, and we'll start with Brandon on this one. In terms of social media, again, you can say whatever you want, blah, 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 unless they look at it and they deem it worthy or not worthy, they can pull the trigger there. When it comes to legitimate news sources, like news stations, like the big nationals, not necessarily the locals, but even definitely even the locals, I would imagine, too. Do you think there is where you need a fine line of – if it, if you're not entirely sure, don't speculate. You know what I'm saying? Like if you – again, I, I'm sure you guys have read stories and listened to stories Well, back in the day when, you know, we didn't have like CNN and 24-hour news cycles like we do now. Whatever came you know, on the nightly news at eight or six or wherever it was, was something that they've been working on that whole day or that whole week or a few months looking at the same article, the same story and getting the facts right before they release it. Now something happens, they run with the first thing in their head and sometimes it's not right. Do you guys think that there needs to be a, a stricter line at least for those companies, that that is their job to relay the truth at least, yeah, as it's known at the time. And even if, you, if you're aware that you are speculating, start off with that. Like, these are the facts as we know it. Because a lot of them just come out, whether, again, whether it be CNN, Fox News, you name a channel. They'll blast blatant lies, Or even they'll dive heavily into that host's opinion. Which, that's not news. I'm sorry, that's not facts. That's not news. Your opinion is your opinion. That's cool if you want it and, and you have it. That's fine. But if you're a, a news channel on, on the national news program, just keep to the facts. Brandon? I
2: completely agree. I think to look at social media now, we have to look at its predecessors. And mm-hmm. I forgot what year uh, it was, but when CNN was emerging, mm-hmm. they weren't able to get the looks that you know Fox News or any yeah. of the big ones were getting. So what they had to do was make things called breaking news. And that was the first time that little real thing at the bottom was founded. The fact that they had live news happening, regardless if it was true or not. They had to yeah. say, it had to be breaking news. And people made continue to make jokes that every single thing on CNN, no matter what it is, is a breaking news. Yeah. When it clearly isn't. Cardi B in a song is not breaking news <laughs> to anyone. Please leave me alone. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the line that they're trying to paint in regards to what's news and what's not news or what's true and what's not, isn't mm-hmm. their bottom dollar. So like if a teacher mm-hmm. chooses to be a teacher, their mission statement, so to speak, is to teach inevitably. Mm-hmm. When you join a good morning America, the bottom line is not to inform 320 mm-hmm. million people. The bottom line is the bottom dollar. And yeah. the, way the dollar is the way the advertisements come to click onto your channel. And how you get that mm-hmm. channel? You're known for having the breaking news. You're known for a political side. You're doing anything you can to align yourself to a click, one click. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's forms of that yellow journalism with the internet and social media. Now we see as trolls. So mm-hmm. we, we quickly identify the nonsense and we say we label them as a troll. Like, well, mm-hmm. what is currently a troll or uh, an attention seeker online is the Bill O'Reilly or the Rachel mm-hmm. Maddow of them. You know, there's there's ways to uh, look at it, but that line, I I at least. Wouldn't even know how to come close to delineating the two—the the the lies from the truths.
1: Zach, what about you? I don't know. I think so. It's tricky because I like. I agree with the principle that you've both brought up. I I agree that media is out of control. That like I've stopped listening to everything mainstream media just because it's all it's incredibly partisan and it's incredibly you know who knows how much of it's true and not true. I think that it's tricky restricting it because not only are you running into freedom of speech then, but you're also running into freedom of the press. And we're already, so the U S there's um, reporters without borders. It's an organization that ranks the freedom of the press in yeah. every, in every country. <laughs> the U S is 45. It's out of a hundred, out of 180, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I think it's 180. So it, it makes me wonder like, I don't know where we would fall with greater restrictions. Um, I think we've already seen a lot of infringements on it recently, right? With the, the riots and protests going on and then the reporters specifically being targeted or being shot at by police and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know what, you know, if we were to put in place some kind of restriction on on media companies specifically, I just don't know what it would be, um, you know, because we've already got stuff like libel and um, defamation laws. Um, I think the biggest... I don't want to call it a risk, hmm. but the, the biggest potential risk that we have with media, well, a couple of them. The One is that, like you were talking about the breaking news, once you get those clicks, then it's over. Then you've got the clicks and it's done. And then once more facts come out and you issue a correction, no one cares. That's even more clicks. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the initial damage is done and people aren't yeah, going to get as many clicks. You're not gonna get as many clicks on the correction, right? Not everyone's reading it. Even if you're not the one issuing the correction, right? Even if you don't issue the correction, someone else does, they're the one accurately reporting the news, but they're not gonna get as much attention as the initial story. Mm. So I, but even there, like, I don't know how you restrict it because then you can't really restrict breaking news because then, well, what if something is important and it happens? And then I think the, the second part of it that you run into risk with is, especially recently, whistleblower reports. Mm-hmm. because that is protected um it's something that it falls within the freedom of the press you know you are afforded protection as a whistleblower but a lot of this stuff you know doesn't wind up being proven right or wrong it yeah. just winds up being it, like it now exists and we yeah. have the story but we don't know right there's yeah. been the two the, the big ones right recently trump calling troops losers and suckers was mm-hmm. based on allegations and then the ice agent's performing mass uh, um, hysterectomies is again, based on a whistleblower report. And so again, I don't, I'm I'm worried to put any kind of restriction in place because when Mm -hmm. important, so if that stuff is happening, maybe Mm -hmm. not the Trump, like who, at the end of the day, who cares? Uh, But you know, the hysterectomies, right? If that's happening, like that's Mm -hmm. a massive problem. It's a massive human rights violation going on, but you don't know, you know, so I think the, the issue that you get when you pair it with social media is everyone then shares that article that's based on the allegations, believing that it is fact. Mm-hmm. And I think that if anything, I think that it may be helpful to put in place some kind of restrictions, not not restrictions, some, some kind of guidelines or something for media to make it abundantly clear when something is not evidence substantiated mm-hmm. yet you know, when it is a whistleblower report, or when it is based on allegations from from people, especially anonymous people, because I think that would cut into some of it. But but yeah, outside of that, I really don't know. I almost feel like it's a lost cause. And I hate saying that because I hate seeing where media is at. But I almost feel like the mainstream media at this point, I mean, it's all profits and politics. And so I don't know, I don't know how you could fix it
2: that's what i was asking that's what i was thinking of i didn't want to necessarily say it's inevitable or it's a it's a necessary evil in this world of freedom of speech and whatever however else that has newly been uh defined but i was Mm. gonna ask you uh uh jamie how how exactly if you had the magic wand how would you go about fixing the ridiculous lies and travesties that befuddle my facebook on a regular basis
0: (laughs) um well since you asked now this, I, I wouldn't, I mean, you could put this as an answer to that, but, and this is a very extreme, would be super controversial and will never happen in a million years. But if I had the magic wand, right, this is what I would do. And I've, I have actually thought about this, <laughs> even though it's not possible. So, you know, we have the IQ test and we know it's not always accurate. It doesn't really necessarily mean shit, right? But there is some truth to it, depending on who you ask, right? You can have a high IQ and still be dumb as shit socially or artistically, artistically. And vice versa. You can have low IQ but then like if you are autistic, you could be a fucking genius in so many other things, right? So, if there if there was a test, some sort of test that we could all take and you, you know, you get your score, your rank, whatever you want to call it. And if you're below a certain test, below a certain level, fuck your opinion. Fuck your voice don't give a shit about what you gotta say you shut the fuck up you work that factory <laughs> you know what i'm saying and you you leave the job of moving this country moving the company whatever it is to those who rank above you obviously that's impossible and that's crazy fucked up to say nowadays you know human rights and all that but again that's that old man in me right now that's sick and tired of the dumb shits Sig and Tyre, like you said, you see it every day on your Facebook. You open any damn browser. God forbid you turn on the news. You know, like like Zach said, I don't I don't remember the last time I've watched local news. I don't remember the last time I've watched, like, on the actual TV, on the station themselves, I've watched any of the national newses, news stations. I don't know what news this is. But I'll see an article, on whether it be online, on Twitter, whatever. And the way I do it, and I want to see how you guys do it as well, to basically weed through the bullshit. Cause sometimes, you know, you read stuff and you're like, that sounds kind of true, but that's also is a little off at somewhere, right? Or the opposite, there'll be a post something and it people are saying, hey, look at this, this is the new, new thing out, they're trying to hold it down. And you're like, whoa, is no, hell no. And you look into it and you find it out. So I, like if I see either of those ideas or posts, I'll go and I'll probably pull like five or different articles from different websites left side's version of it right side's version of it and now i come up with my own idea and i'll put together what i believe is common sense and how that article actually whether it's true or false and whatnot i used to attempt like if i see that article like a friend of mine posted i used to attempt to like hey that's actually not the case here's all this and i hope that they figured out themselves, but usually it's come to, well, you know, they got paid or they're just trying to hide it from all, everybody. You're a sheep and ugh, all that. So I, wa- I want to know how you guys go about it when some article comes out, news story, whether it be right or wrong, how you go about figuring it out yourself if you're going to follow or disregard whatever that piece of information is. Oh, and of course, you know, rip apart the human rights aspect of my wand, my magic wand idea.
1: So yeah, so I guess I'll start with your your point about you know the news, uh, like how we handle it. I I try to do the same. I don't, for lack of better term, <laughs> I don't I don't correct other people anymore. Yeah, I at stop. this point, yeah, I stop. Mm-hmm. I stop. So I only use social media at this point for podcast purposes. I've entirely mm-hmm. stopped using it for anything personal, anything outside of plugging the podcast or posting yeah. episodes, you know, stuff like that. I've just stopped. So that part, I just kind of leave people to their own devices and hope for the best. Yeah. When I'm reading a story, you know, I inevitably I'll find something first that has more of a conservative swing, you know, cause I'll read more conservative sources. And so it'll definitely have that tint to it Mm. And so then I try to find, like you said, you know, a couple more left-leaning sources to go along with it. And then I also, it depends on what the story is, because you can't always find all these different sides. But the other mm. one I like is, um, I've, I've really started enjoying Reuters. I think that's how you pronounce it. Reuters yeah. or Reuters? Reuters, yeah. Because um, then you kind of get, you know, a little bit of an international perspective too. And regardless of, you know, which way it leans, you know, then it's just an outside perspective. So yeah, I guess ideally that's what I like to do is I try to go, you know, right-leaning, left-leaning, and then kind of some kind of international perspective. Obviously that's not always possible. And I I also don't always have the energy to do that. So unless it's something that is more critical, for lack of a better word, then, you know, a lot of times I'll just kind of, I'll read it on whatever source I hear at first and then kind of just go about my day because it's not as pertinent to my, to my day or to my, (laughs) to my existence. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you that you have to get all sides. And if you don't, then no matter what, every source, something is wrong, something is wrong, or something is biased at the very least, maybe not wrong, but something is biased. Getting multiple is definitely the only way. In response to your magic wand solution, (laughs) I I liked what Brandon said about it being a (laughs) a quote-unquote necessary evil of freedom that you know someone on one of our i'm gonna butcher the quote now but someone on our previous podcast had brought up that if you choose uh, i don't know whatever it was choose Mm. protection over freedom something like that basically Mm. there's a way off between peace and freedom because like the more freedom you have the more risk you have inherent in that society you know, mm. as you're allowed to say more, right? So, freedom of speech. You're allowed to walk around with a Nazi flag, and that's mm. legally okay. That inherently has some risk to it, you know, on some yeah. level. And same with like media. Then, you know, you're allowed to have free press, but then that comes with misinformation and disinformation mm-hmm. and things like that. Again, I don't want to go back to the cop out. Let it, let it, <laughs> let it be whatever it's going to be, and then oh, yeah. we'll we'll let people fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's almost like. A, it's kind of my go to just because I'd rather <laughs> see the freedom of the press stay intact. Like, I don't trust the media for sure because mm-hmm. they're all biased and partisan. That said, I don't know if I trust the government to handle the media, you yeah. know. So I so I don't know if regulation is the right path, and I think that's why and so when it comes to like stuff like implementing a test to <laughs> determine who can who can, you know, speak in the media and things like that. I I do think the media companies need to get their shit together. They definitely okay. need to have their yeah. hiring processes better and you know. Have-
0: well, let me say this real quick. Just let you guys know. Y'all would pass already. (laughs) Uh Y'all would not be working factory jobs. Don't worry.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess um, in regards to weeding out information and being presented with, like, some type of news nonsense that I catch here on the the radio, I overall, I guess, naturally try to gather, and I guess Zach as well, because we've had some pretty dynamic conversations. I try to, I guess, gather information objectively on my own. Mm-hmm. So that when I'm introduced with, let's say, a, a, a good plethora of subjects, I can have some type of objective base to it. When I'm really stumped with something that I'm really unsure about, I have three, I kind of have three major things that has to pass through for me to dive in and try to get a, a, a more even keeled perspective. What parties at hand are, are present and who can benefit from it will be the first one. Uh, The second one is how morally bad is it in the realm of human uh, indecency or human rights? And the third one is how does it affect me? If it passes those three or if it hits one of those three outweighing the others, then it's something that I wish to get knowledge on, not necessarily to debate it or to go to Congress with it, but just to be a more available citizen, to be a more Mm -hmm. present citizen in this country that I'm living in in regards to uh, the voting thing, the, the magical wand, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Giver. I would have loved to, <laughs> if, if I could just declare certain people, whatever that we need in that society. So with, yeah. with your, it would, it would generate a different type of classism that we would never see before. Now, Grant, mm-hmm. some people might argue that's what the um, electoral colleges are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I guess that'll be a different conversation. But when I was younger, during the Trump, uh, during the Trump elections, uh, I remember when they said 80,000 people voted for Harambe, and I was like, no, we have to have it. There's no way, because you cannot tell me that I'm not intelligent <laughs> until, until 18, but there is people on this earth who are mm-hmm. willing to use their right that no matter what demographic you had to fight for, whether you had to fight the British or the British or the British, you had to fight them at one point <laughs> in time. Uh, to vote, and you chose to do Harambe. I was like, "No, uh, the f- them. If you're 24, you go to Harambe. Fuck you. I'm intelligent enough. <laughs> this decision, and I think there needs to be a test. I learned that the test is wrong, but <laughs> I, I, I
0: see, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, right. Uh, do you guys remember Vermin Supreme? Yeah. <laughs>
2: How do I know that name?
0: He was the dude with the boot on his head. Yeah, uh, he's always been running for president. Yeah. Oh man, oh, I love nice. Vermin Supreme. So, in terms of your three criteria, Brandon, my magic wand idea would fail the third because it was a huge human <laughs> rights violation. But it wouldn't affect you because you'd be okay, right? So right I guess right. I would get I would get one and three, so hopefully that would make a pass. Right, right. Um, do you guys remember the movie Idiocracy? I've heard about it with Terry no, Crews it so. like the president, and apparently people love that movie, but it didn't get yo. Like, And that was a cult following. That's huge. Oh, man. Okay. So it's a a comedy. It's a political comedy. It came out in 2006, okay? Whenever you guys get a chance, watch that movie. Please watch that movie. Let me know what you think of it. And you'll definitely understand why it has a cult following, especially in the world we live in today. But what Brandon said with his three criteria is that everything has to meet. And the, the last one you mentioned was, does it affect me? I've been having that conversation with myself, co-workers, my wife, throughout this whole, this is kind of getting off subject, but this is kind of a political talk anyway, so here we go, with this whole Trump administration. I don't like the guy. I, I don't, I feel he's extremely stupid. That being said, nothing he has done has directly affected my life or my family's life. Nothing. He needs to shut, he's one of those, he would be a fucking factory worker, I don't give a shit. He would be sweating balls in the boiler room if my magic wand was real. But again, nothing that he has done has directly affected my life or my family's life that I'm aware of anyways in a negative way. Because, yes, you know, his tax cuts did kind of give me a boost in my paycheck, even with the stuff he's got now, with the payroll, even though we got to pay it back next year, which is up. So on that, it's 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 difficult even for me because I'm like, I don't. Oh, man, he I can't stand him. When he opens his yeah. mouth, I can't stand him. But he's done nothing wrong to affect my life, my family's life. Now, he has for other people, and right. so they can go that route, and I don't want him to win. I don't like Biden either. He's, uh, I, it's, it's sad that two elections in a row, we came up with the people we came up with. Right. That's how I see it. Didn't care for Hillary either and definitely don't care for Biden. And, and I think that is definitely partially due or a big chunk, like Zach was saying, our education system is sorely lacking. We do not pay our teachers enough at all. I, I know even in, in my school or my son's school, one of the counties over because with the whole virus thing going around, right? He's going two days. He's going Wednesdays and Thursdays to school. And then he's doing at-home school stuff Monday and Tuesday. They don't have a Friday. They were going to get like plexiglass, you know, dividers in between each cubicle Mm -hmm. to keep distance. And you can kind of do it without masks. That's what their hopes were. But just dividers in a class of 12, maybe 15 kids, if they had done it for the whole school, that was the entire budget for the year. And I'm like, plexiglass would have depleted your budget. Like how (laughs) small is your fucking budget then? you know that that's if that's the case that is insane I mean, we all know about you know teachers asking parents i need glue pencils papers so like i got no problem helping you out because if you need it i'm there if you can help my son do what you got to do because yeah our education system is lacking so on, on that which is kind of off topic but it kind of leads to it zach if you had a magic wand and this is going to be for brandon as well your magic wand if you're president to have a better education system. What, what are you, some of your ideas you would do? Because I got to say, both of y'all are in college. Zach's going for a PhD. I'm out. I'm out of college. Okay. okay. Well, you're, you graduated. Brain is still going. Mine's never been. My wife's going. And while she's going, I'm seeing why I don't want to go. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm going to let her have the doctorate. I'll just be a factory. I'll, I'll be the factory worker with a brain, though. <laughs> um, you guys are insanely more intelligent than I am. Feel like i could hold my own for the most part but go ahead zach and if you what, what would your magic wand ideas be <laughs>
1: okay so feel feel free to to stop me if i ramble because i've actually given this some thought before you gotta remember res um, rambles you can <laughs> ramble all day yeah, long man. <laughs> there you go so i i believe that for public education for the government there should be some focus on what we focus on right now you know math science social studies english you know that stuff at the preliminary level right Mm -hmm. you know elementary school you still need the the basics of all of that obviously Mm -hmm. just to be a well-rounded and functioning adult anything further than the basics in any of those areas though should be at the point of specialization right like after you've got american history and you've got basics of math and you know algebra and you've got basic science and you've got grammar and language after that, I think the the quote unquote core subjects that we have, I both think that they need to start earlier, like there need to be more core subjects, but also then that they continue on. Um, so for example, I think foreign languages need to start early, oh, like yeah. they do in Europe and other countries. Oh yeah. Financial education is a big one that I mm. think should start in elementary school. I think you should one of your core subjects should be finances. Because we live in a capitalist, a heavily capitalist mm. society our society runs on money and there's no way around that if you don't understand money if you don't understand investing if you don't understand you know all of this you're not going to be successful or at least have less of a chance of being successful yeah now the argument could be made that that information is out there and you know you can just go to investopedia.com but that argument could be made with any information anywhere So yeah, financial education, foreign languages, life skills and social skills early on, you know, as opposed to some of the more common core things Mm -hmm. like that. And I think if you then teach that all the way through, people will be much more well equipped than they are now. I think the focus should be more on teaching the skills, not the knowledge. So critical thinking, problem solving, things of that nature. And you can do that through things other than math and science. And don't get me wrong, math, science, education, all that is still super important, especially at the level of specialization. You know, once you've got your base, then sure, you know, specialize and get a much better math or science education, things like that. But yeah, I think the focus right now is way too much on these common core subjects. And once you get past the basics, you don't really need it unless you're specializing. Mm. The point though is, you know, it's not about learning trigonometry. It's about learning yeah. problem solving, right? It's mm. so that now you know how to solve problems and you can think outside the box, right? So that's why, you know, I'm more in favor of things like charter schools uh, who aren't as held to as tight of restrictions on their curriculum and stuff like that because it allows them that freedom to kind of branch out into these other areas. But yeah, implementing these different subjects, you know, finances, social and life skills, foreign languages early and then maintaining it, I guess that's it. I mean, obviously there's much more to fix than just that but that would begin to fix some of the issues we have right now. Like right now, you know, people are very angry about capitalism, very Mm -hmm. angry, right? There's a big push for democratic socialism. There's a big push for, you know, Marxism in certain, in certain areas, right? There's a big push against capitalism, Mm. I think that that's because people don't understand capitalism. You don't understand finances. You don't understand, you know, the stock market is this big, scary thing that Mm. you're going to throw all your money into, and then it's going to crash and you'll lose everything when, you know, it's not necessarily the case, you know? Mm. And so if that were part of our education system and people understood it, one, they'd be less angry at it, but two, I think it would reflect the wants of the population better, because then you would have people, you know, investing in companies they believe in. And then, yeah. you know, the the companies that exist and survive would better reflect the people's wants. So, yeah, I think all of that needs to be changed and just completely reworked from the ground up. Because even at the early stages, we don't do enough, which you can't really do more on a, on the current teacher's budget. These other schools in, <clears throat> in Europe and in Asian oh, yeah. countries, right? And the the rate at which they learn this stuff is so much quicker. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandpa even told me back when he came, he was first generation in America or not born here, but he moved here with my great grandma. Um, and so they were first generation here, I guess, together. Mm -hmm. And so he barely spoke any English. And so he did really poorly in school, except when it came to stuff that wasn't language based, you know, more math and stuff like that. He, he already knew everything that they were learning because they had learned it two years ago, you know, back in Austria. And so I, I think that the, the speed at which this stuff is taught needs to be increased, you know, teach more quicker, but also less focus on the common core curriculum and, you know, everything like that.
0: Yeah. Brandon, what about you? I
2: had to uh, keep the reins in my, 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 with my magic wand. I'm going to give myself three wishes. <laughs> um, so the first one, I'm going to bibbidi boppity finish this. Um, so the first thing I would do is almost a page out of Hillary Clinton's book. To give universal pre-K, I was fortunate enough to have private school education from pre-K to like around third grade, and that, as well as my girlfriend, and we would both would say that that push kept us above Mm. the average without any external effort until like the middle of high school, just because of that initial growth. Like I remember learning Spanish the same right after I learned music, and I'm still Mm -hmm. Uh, raising my hand to read the clock you know what i mean like we're still those are some of the 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 building blocks that we learned and i mean i still carry those traits to this day Um, yeah just because of that level of appreciation and understanding the purpose of it the second thing i would do is have like an advanced math course for every every middle school between sixth and seventh grade because i'm not sure if zach can attest to it but everyone really liked math until about sixth or seventh grade and then the dichotomy is ridiculous some people hated it and didn't, couldn't grab onto it and struggled until they passed. No, 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 no. <laughs> I hate math, dude. <laughs> or some people, stand it. Uh, they took it or was able to, uh, to grasp it enough till they needed it or until they yeah. used up his resources. Something that Zach touched upon is the fact that to solve A square plus B square equals C square, the point isn't to show that this formula works. The point is to show that you can think and how mm. dynamic can you think Almost every community can benefit from a better thinking community. Mm. And if every community was better uh, equipped at handling critical thinking problems, then we would have less critical events that happen. C- certain, certain things could be solved crit- with critical thinking that escalate into something bigger than what we originally wanted it to be. The third and final thing, is only because I like school, but I also think it's worthwhile, mm. is not to have this ridiculous summer break. I think if you just make the school year, what, like three weeks on, one week off, or like, you know, just chopping it up, making it more realistic, yeah. it would be way more suitable and we would constantly have the reinforcement of of, of cognition and memory retention and learning yeah. To be fortified throughout the entire year, instead of abandoning children who need that level of structure to whether it's to be eat or to allow their parents to work, what have you? I think it'll be a better suit if we could transition to that. I think that's in the better for the the, the aspect of education, and those students would have a a better hand in
1: society. I would say. So, with your last point, I agree with early stage education. Early yeah. early stage education, absolutely late stage, I think summer break needs to be made into some kind of real world education element, right? Whether it's in high school, you're getting a job hmm. or it's, you know, in middle school, maybe you're, do- maybe you're not getting a job, but like you're, I don't know, something because to push back on the, we can always benefit from having a better thinking and smarter population. <laughs> there are plenty of very, very smart graduate students who are just, morons when it comes (laughs) to real world, when it comes to quote unquote street smarts.
2: Yeah. Yeah, No one
1: like no concept of how the real world works, no concept. And it's not just grad students, right? It's academics, it's doctors, it's scientists. you know, any, any Mm. quote unquote smart profession where you've been sheltered in school your whole life, you're very book smarts and you're not street smarts Mm -hmm. at all. And it leads to stuff like, I don't, again, I don't want to get too political. But like the strikes that are going on at U of M right now, I disagree with a lot of what they're standing for and a lot of their Mm. demands. And I think that's in the conversations I've had with people, it sounds like people who share my sentiment about them believe that it's a lack of street smarts and understanding of how the real world works. And so, you know, demands become unfeasible and or Mm. not feasible and, you know, unrealistic because, you know, you want a certain thing. But, you know, people if you have only school all the time, I think early on that would be valuable, you know, especially because then you could factor in more of those common core subjects, you know, whether it's finance or social skills or or life skills, you know, but I think later, I think it would be more beneficial to incorporate some non-school education component, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's trades or whether that's just working or or internships yeah Yeah. internships you know anything any real world experience you know anything especially high school middle school is kind of in the middle you know you could probably go either way yeah um maybe not work obviously but you know you could probably find some real world thing that a middle schooler could handle and then you could probably also justify sticking a middle schooler in you know school more or less constantly but no in general i agree with that last point you made but but that was my one area of pushback
0: I agree a lot now that you mentioned it that way, Zach. And yeah, early on, it sounds good. And I'm cool with it because my son went to pre-K. He's in first grade now. And he's incredibly intelligent when he wants to be. Like he know, like when we ask him questions, now that we're kind of doing half home, half at school. When we ask him questions, he, I can tell he knows it. He's just, because he knows I'm this dad or his mom's his mom, stepmom's mom, he'll, he knows he can kind of get away with it. But I know he knows it. He's way more intelligent than I would imagine I was at his age. But funny thing on, on you mentioning how there are a lot of graduate students or super smart, book smart people that have no street smarts because I'm one of three brothers. I'm actually the baby. My brother, Craig, who's older than me, just recently got his PhD in microbiology up at Clemson, 100% book smart. Street smart, doesn't know a damn thing. It's common sense, nothing, right? Our grandmother used to have a thing, or used to have a saying, if he was reading a book and the house burned, it would burn down around him. He wouldn't even know. He was incredibly intelligent. He was that brother that, or that intelligent person that if he thought down of you, he was gonna talk shit. You weren't, you were, you know, you were lesser than him. You know, he was an asshole like that, right? But my oldest brother was more street smart. He he was out in the world. He got caught up in drugs. He threw his life away, but it cost him to gain a lot of street smarts. Whereas I'm more common sense, I say. Again, never went to college. Don't really want to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I feel like I should have, but I didn't. So whatever. But you also mentioned about basically additional languages. Because I know I didn't even get the opportunity for an additional, a second language till high school. I was from South Carolina here in the South, born and raised, well, not born, but raised here in South Carolina. At least in my high school, we didn't even have that option in my school. We didn't have the option until high school for a second language. And it was either Spanish or French. But if you want to take a trade, like I went and I took welding. So I didn't even have to do a second language. I did welding instead. So I learned that trade, which goes kind of into Zach, you know, during the summers, once you're, in high school, or whatnot, go out and learn some real world stuff, get that street smart aspect because I ended up learning a trade. I didn't follow with it, but I still know it. You know, I still got right. that w- real world hard work experience. And yeah, I would love to learn five, five languages. I, I just want to know five, five additional languages. And I, I'm 30 now. I keep pushing it back. So I need to get my shit together and stop procrastinating. I agree with both of you guys on all of, on that. And even if it was like a shadowing of a job, you know, because even in high school, you don't necessarily always know what you want when you graduate, right. but you usually have some fo- sort of idea. So I don't know about you. I don't remember what. I. Oh, no, actually, I did want to be a welder in high school because my gra- my granddad was one. But I don't know if either of you in high school wanted to be a neuro Whatever the hell you're going to school for. Yeah. I don't know if that was a thing for you guys, but whatever it was like, yeah, if there was an internship or like a shattering program, you can go follow behind somebody into that. Granted, you probably won't get paid or whatever, but you still get that experience to see if that is what you want to do. And that's mm-hmm. great. And stuff like that. Yeah. Like that should 100% be an option or even just a regular job, like a McDonald's or something, because that gives you your finance. And on the finance, I definitely 100% agree there because I think it was sixth grade or ninth grade, I did take a class on stocks way back in the day in high school. And I'd never known about it, right? You, you see it on the ticker and news and everything, NASDAQ, Dow, all that kind of shit. But I, I definitely never understood it. But that class was easy. It made sense. I was like, it kind of gives you that understanding that, oh, I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, now granted, I have a few and I dabble here and there. So I I have some knowledge of that area, but I don't think I would have if it wasn't for that class. And it piqued my interest. It definitely piqued my interest. And like you said, it kind of leans you to, well, I like what this company's doing. I want to invest in them. But I want to let everybody know, these guys, Brandon and Zach, Say What Needs Saying podcast, watch it. You you guys actually have an episode coming on that whole university. Uh, I'm going to check into that because I haven't even looked into it, um, but I, I, I've been seeing your post. You're trying to figure things out for that one guest that wants to come on. Oh, no, before I go, I do also agree with whole. It sounded like you were basically trying to say how some of those in that strike, without having real-world experience, it's. I kind of got the feeling that, yes, a lot of this younger generation, probably definitely more skewed towards the liberal side than the conservative side are more of that, give me it. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it's, that's how I'm seeing it. You know, give me this, give me that. You know what I'm saying? I'm entitled to this shit. And I'm like, no, like, even though I'm, I'm probably center left. I'm also like, earn your fucking shit yourself, man. Like go out do the work, earn it. Life's a bitch. Cause like, like you said, you know, there's so many times I've, I've gotten to conversations with people and while what they're saying, I get it you know that that's admirable the world should be like that yes that's not how the world works you know what i'm saying like you need to understand that right now that's not possible aim for it later yes aim towards getting those steps to get there because that is a great place to be if we can ever get there as as he, as a world really if we can ever get there that's awesome but to like demand that stuff now, that's a stretch. It's, it's, you can't flip a switch and boom, everything is how you want it. That magic wand is not real. I'm sorry. You know, that's great that you have that vision and, and those dreams. Work towards them, but realize it's going to be a slow process. The way we've gotten here as a country has been a pretty slow process, you know? And yeah, things are getting better. I I would say over the years, things have, from when I guess I started being intuitive to, to my surroundings on a social level, I feel things have gotten better. It's just also as things have gotten better, that voice, the social media, the flow of information highlights the negative so loudly, it kind of feels like we haven't made progress or that progress has stopped. And it's, you kind of have to reel it in and realize that we have made a lot of progress on just about every type of playing field, every statistic. We have made some sort of progress. Hasn't always been as much as we wanted, but we're slowly getting there. You just gotta pretend you have that magic wand and shut up the, the idiots that trying to bring shit down and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But say what needs saying podcast, you guys are great. Incredibly intelligent. I'm hoping, however long you guys keep this up, I gotta ask. So, what are y'all in again? Neuro, some shit, right? So, on my end, I guess my company recently adjusted the title,
2: so it's IOM Technologies. But mm-hmm. for it's easier to explain as uh, a surgical neurophysiologist. So, I went to school, uh, undergrad in neuroscience and biology, then and hired with a company that has a schooling program and a really rigorous program. And therefore, we now work with surgeons who do like high level spine and neurological uh, surgeries. And we monitor the electrical system and the nerve pathways to make sure that the amplitude and latencies measured the same way from start to finish.
0: Ooh, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's some stuff my wife would totally understand. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know that. And Zach, yours is neuro something Uh, as well, right? Yeah.
1: Neuroscience. So I'm less on the clinical side. Um, My, I mean, my lab is in ophthalmology, you know, we do research on the retina, Mm -hmm. but I'm more on the research side. We look at a particular protein and how it can help protect neurons in the, in the Mm -hmm. retina. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, I'm much more on the, on the research side. I, again, like Brandon said, I went to the same undergrad. I was neuroscience and psychology instead of biology um and so i went that route and then now i'm going for the straight neuroscience phd definitely less clinical though and more Mm -hmm. more research related
0: okay then how then did you guys get onto this this. type of podcast because this is a more socially aware like at at one point i thought you guys or at least you zach for sure was like going for some type of lawyer something so that's Mm -hmm. That seems like a jump to me. What, what, what made you guys go this route instead of what it seems your career actually is?
2: Uh, I guess as, as, I still look at myself as Zach's understudy to a degree. So <laughs> it was, uh, um, I guess we were in the same field and his guidance allowed me to happily nest myself within uh, the neuroscience major at uh, BW, but we would have these conversations outside of the lab or even in the mm-hmm. lab. The mindset that is within a liberal arts uh, neuroscience department kind of would have certain values, but still have certain structures that would make them stay relatively objective, since kind mm-hmm. that's kind of how we should be thinking, or at least scientists think that we should be thinking as a whole. Upon that realization and the fact that we're just, we hit it, really hit it off. He was an RA. I wanted to be an RA. I was guided to be an RA because of him. It just awesome. felt natural and all of our conversations would lead to something that we could walk away from and appreciate. It was like, mm-hmm. we need to allow people to have the freedom that we try to conjure up. And I was going to say that we should definitely invite you to our platform just because I feel as if we can put some uh, some tags against these hypothetical uh, situations you're introducing. And I really like it. So,
0: I, I would love it, man. I've, <laughs> I got, like I've, I've told you guys before, I know Zach, me and you have spoken here and there. Mm -hmm. If any time y'all do those live discussions and I'm available, I want to jump in. Even if I don't know anything, I'll just sit there and listen. Because the way you guys go back and forth, you come up, you come with information, you got it pre-planned, you plan everything out, you probably have a million tabs pulled up to read from and all this type of stuff. And then as people say stuff, you could tell you're clicking away, looking up Mm -hmm. stuff. Like I think you were doing that today, Zach. A little bit. I I, I love the way you guys have it. And it is really, really great. And you can definitely see the differences that you guys do have, but then you always sort of, you, you'll start here, let's say, but then at some point it always comes together in one way or another. And it's never a, well, no, you're wrong here, you're wrong there. But I do, on, kind of on that, I want to see if there is one social issue, I guess we can say, that you guys are vehemently against each other on. Is there something like that, like? I mean, nothing that we've come across. Yet. I mean, Black Lives yeah. Matter. We, we've
1: we've we've differed a little bit. I don't think either one of us are at. I think I'm more towards my respective pole, I guess, than than Brandon is his. But I don't think yeah. I don't know if we really are, at, you know, at each other's throats, disagreeing yeah. with it. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else. At least nothing that's really come up yeah, like that said, we yet. substantially <laughs> differ on. Yeah, yet I'm yeah. sure something'll come up.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't actually. I don't even think so. I think. Within the realm of what we've spoken about on air and off air, I think that whatever comes up, there's a level of everything has a balance. everything has a level mm-hmm. of a scale. you can you can go off the rails on anything. I think that in regards to the Black Lives Matter, granted, you're on your more respective side, but I kinda almost had to absolve myself because it's almost bigger than it's bigger than mm-hmm. what we have But objectively, I, I wish and I can't wait for that day. If we ever see it, if we are um mm-hmm. uh, against each other on something but i i love the right the natural chess game that we play and we always try mm-hmm. to meet the middle almost like a motif for what yeah the podcast wants to stand for mm-hmm.
1: yeah and that's kind of you know on the note of how we got started that's kind of that's more or less why I reached out to Brandon specifically about the podcast, you know, I had kind of been doing back when I was using Facebook a little more, I would make Facebook posts where I would just throw out a couple touchy questions, you know, and be like, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this? You know, like one, for example, was during the pandemic, like before we had started the podcast, I had asked like, you know, about experts, right? Who are experts? Which experts (laughs) should we trust? You know, that just kind of posing the general questions. Mm And, you know, they would go pretty well. Usually they were more civil than I expected, but Mm. every so often, you know, they go off a little bit. Oh yeah. But then after I got, I got fed up with Facebook, I was like, I'm done. I stopped doing it for, uh, you know, I, I set it up so that my account would get deleted. Even then they give you 30 days before Mm. it officially deletes it for good. On the 29th day, I had one day, like it was the day that it was going to get deleted I decided that I wanted to start a podcast and talk like to replace the Facebook posts to have these kind of discussions. Cause I missed, yeah. I missed having the discussions. That oh, was yeah. the only element of Facebook that I missed, but mm-hmm. that's not an element that is natural to Facebook.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: so, no. so yeah, so I, you know, I, I booted the, the account back up cause I, you know, figure I'll need it to advertise mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then I messaged Brandon. I was like, Hey, you know, I have this, this podcast idea. We should talk about this, these kinds of things. And he was all for it. You know, he was all for it. And I knew we had had those conversations before, and that you know, obviously we differ on our in our political leanings and our beliefs in some level, but that we were able to have these rational conversations. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's always kind of been something that I've I've always enjoyed these deep conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, about these topics. But no one likes talking about this stuff. They just get angry. I love them. Yeah,
0: I love them. If if it's like this where it can stay civil, respectable you know i like it pre- i try and lighten up the situation so i'll throw out an ignorant joke my <laughs> magic wand thing you know so, so i kind of try and do that but if there's a discussion it just goes so even if it's on touchy subjects that just flows well ideas are going back oh man that's that's like a brain boner right there man that's a that freaking <laughs> that's a brain boner it's like oh yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. that's that's yeah. so that's great. it
2: I mean, is i love them We definitely try to push the boundaries, at least when I was in college, in regards Mm -hmm. to what conversations people, quote unquote, are allowed and not allowed to say, Mm
0: -hmm. or not allowed to have.
2: I think people are afraid of this notion of conversation when they don't understand that's the only bridger that Mm -hmm. we have left. Uh, Mm -hmm. I remember one of my favorite communities said, uh, think is the only thing that's left free to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people embrace the idea of other minds, and they don't learned anything they don't believe that because i mean because conversations can be civil but i don't think that's a real conversation conversations get heated they get a little mm. bit funky you know what i mean they they have aspects of them with a little bit of tartness sometimes you mm. say a word off color here but if you're mature enough if you're mentally trying to break a concept like fear of discussion or fear mm. of saying what you need to say we have to go there and come back to show that yeah.
0: to- I, I agree I agree. And so, yeah, you guys, man, you guys keep this shit going. I'm enjoying every episode that I've listened to so far. Two things just popped in my head, though. So if Brandon was your undergrad, and to me, Brandon sounds just like Ned from Spider-Man, then that makes Zach Spider-Man. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Zach Spider-Man. Hey. Brandon, I'm sorry. You're you're Ned. But Ned's cool as shit, too. Yeah. You know, Ned's cool as fuck. One last thing, I I think I've said this like three times now, but for real, last thing, unless I think of something else. It's my show, I can do what I want. (laughs) You guys are both in the neuro brain subject, right? What are your thoughts right now on Elon Musk's Neuralink?
2: Um, Zach, can I
0: go first, please? Yeah. yeah okay. sure. <laughs> this sounds like he's loaded, ready.
2: Oh man, because this almost there's an aspect of my job that literally does this. So okay. during different sessions, you're doing like a a revision of of your vertebrae or something like that. Mm-hmm. You want to run uh, a motor, so you're running a, a you're stimulating a motor pathway at the top of your motor cortex, and you're recording what's going to happen in the muscles. Usually, that's some form of twitch, right? Mm-hmm. So what Elon Musk is doing is taking my job. And taking it from the, the creation of the wheel to the creation of a rocket, where you're taking and you're analyzing the different pathways of the motor cortex and allowing it to foster movement to take from the most extreme, the as parap- a paraplegic, and to walk. I am feverishly excited. People are fearful, and but yeah. I, I am on. I am always going to lean. Whether it be one percent or hundred percent, I'm gonna lean on the side of innovation and, and mm. pushing the boundaries of science because oh my
0: gosh, yeah I,
2: I I'm a, Zach, please go. Please go.
0: Um, I'm sorry. It sounds yeah. like I need to have you guys on for a further discussion on this. <laughs> oh,
1: of course. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, no, I, I more or less agree. You know, I love the innovation side of it. I think that they're probably, I think they probably have high hopes right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they're probably not going to be successful anytime relatively soon. Mm-hmm. But I, I think in addition to the innovation in science and science the, and the medical developments that could come from it and everything else, I think the other key aspect of it is the AI is mm-hmm. that if you, I mean, it's kind of the, if you can't beat them, join them. Like, if you, you know, AI is going to continually progress, and it's scary, and how many scientists have come out saying that it's a bad idea, you know, Stephen Hawking didn't like AI, and I don't like AI either, like, I think that it's, I don't want to say I don't like AI, but the risk of AI developing too much is a problem, but, you know, if you're hooked into the network, maybe... Maybe that makes it worse, but maybe that makes it a little easier to, you know, to deal with it. I don't know. But, but yeah, I like it. I think that it's a cool idea. It's a cool, if anyone's going to figure it out, it's going to be Musk with a neuroscientist on his team. Mm. Because like, I think his, say what you will about his personal and Mm. social aspects of him, like he's not always the best person in those arenas but dude's a genius when it comes to innovation and invention you know so i think that if anyone's going to figure it out it'll be him and a team of neuroscientists so it'll be it'll be really cool to see it when it comes to fruition whenever that is
0: yeah i agree he has some lofty goals but Mm -hmm. when you listen to him speak about what it can potentially do Right. How, how could you not be for that? Right, what, like Brandon said, if it can make a, a paralyzed person walk, you know, a blind person see, whatever the case is, the stuff he says it could potentially do, that helps so many people. Yeah, it's going to be a bumpy ass road. It's, that's uncharted territory. 100% that is going to be a bumpy road. There are going to be mistakes. But if the end goal is even close to what he's hoping for, that's, that's a game changer. For a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people. And I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm like, I'm like him. Uh, he said, I think he was on Rogan once, or his last time on Rogan, and Rogan asked him if he was going to get it. And he was like, Yeah, I'll probably get like version four or five. You know, after you get the kinks out. I'm like, Hell yeah, sign me up too, man. I'll get four or five after you. You know, I'm sorry, you're probably going to kill a few people, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, four, version 4.0, 5.0, I'm down, yeah. man. but uh zach brandon again i want to thank you guys a lot this has been great i've had i've had a lot of fun right now i hope you guys did too if you guys want to plug anything i know we've kind of spoken a lot about your podcast and the episode you got coming on but if you want to talk a little bit more about something else whoever wants to go first
1: Well, I don't really have anything other than the podcast. So I'll just say that for the podcast. So thank you again for plugging us as many times as you did. Uh, and for, for listening to us, I guess specifically for the podcast, a couple things that we're really trying to, to work on, um, YouTube subscribers. And Mm -hmm. so, especially your stuff's on YouTube, you've got a bigger following than us on there. So maybe some of your listeners will come over.
0: I I Um, hope they do. I hope they do.
1: Yeah. You know, and just, you know, sub to us on YouTube. We'll get a custom URL eventually, and the other thing that we're trying to get off the ground is Discord. Um, we're trying to create a Discord server where we can continue these conversations after mm. the episodes end. So if you're interested in that, feel free to message us on social media, either one of us personally, or, you know, message Say What Needs Saying on, mm. on the various pages. And yeah, but I don't have anything else to plug. <laughs> That's my only passion project right now. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Brandon, what about you, man?
2: Uh, nothing. I'm just gonna definitely gonna echo the same sentiment as Zach. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, I love what you're doing as well. I love how raw your aspect of your society is, and how other people should be hearing it from your pr- perspective as well. On our end, plugging wise, I would say um, we're gonna have something very unique coming around the election time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna be hyper analyzing what these 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 individuals are saying. And, uh, it's almost disrespectful to call them politicians at this point, (laughs) but we're going to, we're going to see how they're approaching things. And we're going to, we're going to pick apart and see what was said and what was, uh, fabricated. We're just going to, we're just going to try to, uh, unveil more and more unique ways to really integrate conversation and to really push conversation. Anybody that has any ideas for discussion or want to bring up topics definitely give us a shout out. We'll definitely do our homework so we can really produce something really quality for all the listeners.
0: All right. Well, once again, you guys, I want to thank you a lot for coming on. I enjoyed the hell out of this one. Got a few good laughs. Made me think, learned a little bit. So once again, thank you guys both. Say What Needs Saying podcast. Everybody check it out. It is awesome. And uh, Zach, Brandon, you guys have a good rest of your night, man.
1: Of course. Thanks, man. man. Thank me too. You too. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating.
2: Also, you can follow us on Twitter at SayWhatNeeds and on Instagram and Facebook at Say what Needs Saying for live updates and soundbites from our actual podcast. Don't forget to continue the discussion. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks.